Welcome to the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. I'm your host, Jennifer Furlong. It's time for another episode of Unscripted, and that means I have another guest in the studio. And my guest today is Craig Addy. I am so excited to have Craig do this podcast with me today because he is the musician who listens to the listeners. So thank you so much, Craig, for agreeing to be on the show today. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so delighted that uh, you invited me. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have so much to talk about. I'm a huge music fan in general, and I love that we're going to be able to have a conversation about the intersection of communication and music. Before yes. we do the deep dive into music and communication, would you tell everybody a bit about yourself and where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada, and uh, I've lived here all my life, all 60 years of my life. I'm a rare original in Vancouver. It's very rare to meet someone who was born here. Um, and so that's where I come from. And yeah, I'm Craig Addy. I'm a musician and a composer, and I have a passion for healing and nurturing people with music. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, it sounds like where you are located is pretty similar to Savannah, where I'm located in Savannah, Georgia. A lot of transplants here, um, a lot of tourism here as well. So to meet someone who's originally from here is is a rare thing. But mm. um, so you have been a musician your entire life. When did you first begin to play music and what did you start with the piano and that's what you've stuck with all along yes i started with the piano i and funnily enough you know i'm sure i've asked my mother this when did i start lessons i'm not good with remembering childhood thing. i think i was around five i was oh. around five or six which is actually late in the in the world of classical mm. music mm. um they start some kids off when they're like three you know? Right, right. But um, but yes, I I took a shine to the piano. I tried other instruments over the years, but I just the piano is my thing. I'm still mm -hmm. I'm still busy trying to figure out how to play the piano as well as I know is possible. <laughs> I don't think that will so, ever end. Were Were you a natural talent though, or did you have to really work hard to? to no, I I definitely wasn't a natural are. talent. I I did mm -hmm. not show up as a prodigy of any sort whatsoever. <laughs> You wouldn't know that to listen to you now, because I can tell you, it, it's absolutely just beautiful, the the music that you create. And I wanted to remind everybody also, uh, because Craig is going to play something for us later on. So make sure you grab a warm blanket and, you know, have some tissues maybe nearby, because it's absolutely gorgeous. So incredibly beautiful, um, the, the music that you produce. So you weren't the, the child prodigy, but you put in some time, obviously. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, um, they have, you know, there's a lot of gathering ev evidence to show that the thing that makes the difference is doing the work, doing the practice. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think anyone who's, you know, got a you know, a proper head on their shoulders could become good at anything if they set their mind to it. But you have to want to. That's I think that's the tricky bit. Right. <laughs> you know, what compels you to do the work? 
And I just loved the piano. I just loved it, you know? So that's what kept me doing it. Yeah. Um, it is that you have to have that stick intuitiveness in order to yes. get to a certain level, right? And you mentioned earlier that you're you're still practicing, you know, um, we, I, I like to say practice does not make perfect, it makes better. And it is something that even if you do have a natural talent at something, and this goes into some of the things I talk about when I coach people in public speaking, is the practice does make it better, it's not going to make it perfect. But a little bit every day, and it's like any other skill. If you work at it, you'll get better at it. Yes. Yeah. And I discovered something interesting about perfection, by the way, mm -hmm. which um, becomes particularly evident when you improvise music, which is what I really is my biggest passion now. If you try to do it perfectly, you've lost the game. Mm -hmm. What there is, is to just be fully invested in what you're doing. Yeah. And when you do that and you get into that zone, whatever your way of getting into the zone is, that's when the perfection arises. But mm. it's not something you can make happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the thing is, is we don't connect to robots, right? We we connect to each other as human beings. And it's yes. the, the imperfections that we can relate to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about music and its connection to communication, because I know, you know, from personal experience, when I was growing up, my dad was a drummer in a rock band. And I remember going to the places where they were practicing during the day and I would sit at the little bar and, you know, eat goldfish crackers and drink a soda and yes. listen to the band in the background. Um, and, you know, I, so when I hear music within, I'd say the music from the late 80s or late 70s, early 80s, it always brings me back to that time. And I always get these feelings of just, you know, nostalgia and just yes. kind of smile because yeah. it, it, you know, was such a, a great thing for me to be able to witness. Um, and, and his, his was a cover band. So they would play a lot of songs that were, you know, popular on yes. the radio at that time. Yes. Um, how was that for you as a musician? Cause I know you probably have such a huge, um, library of songs that you have fallen in love with over time. Are there any particular songs that do that for you when it oh, comes on goodness. the radio? You just kind of get a smile and it takes you back. I think there is something about those years in high school, in your teens, mm -hmm. whatever you listen to then, that's the nostalgia stuff for so many mm -hmm. of us. So, you know, I was around when uh, Pink Floyd... Yes. You know, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, you know, I didn't listen to a lot of rock music, but, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Billy Joel, I was like wild about Billy Joel then, and yeah. Elton John. You know, whenever I hear those songs. All the piano you know, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, but whenever I hear that music, it just, you know, just takes me right back, that nostalgia you're talking about. But I don't spend a lot of time listening to that music anymore. Mm -hmm. But when I do, I love it. 
Yeah. I saw yeah. Pink Floyd in concert in the early 90s when they came to D.C. And it, it used to be RFK Stadium. And I will have to say that's probably the best concert I've ever yeah. been to. That was amazing. Yeah. Just so incredible. Um, but, you know, not just rock and roll music, but I remember when I was in high school, that's when I first started noticing in the movies that I would watch, I would take note of the score and the connection between the music and the emotions, you know, that, that are going on in the scene. And when I watched the movie glory, if, if you remember that movie from the, I think it was what early, maybe late eighties, early nineties when glory came out. And I think it was James Horner that composed. Yeah, he was good. Very good. Oh, it was the first time that I actually cried because of the song itself. Yeah. yeah. Such a huge connection, you know, um, with what it was communicating. How was that for you as a composer? You know, how do you, I'm just so curious about that process. You know, it's such an amazing talent to me that you can just create music that others like myself would be able to listen to and just begin shedding tears because it's so, I mean, do you have, is that like the end goal? How do you go? Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's definitely, you know, one, one profession where your goal is to make people cry. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Yes. Yes. I want to break your heart. (laughs) But I, I think we all know that by and large, it's a that's a positive oh, yeah. um, experience. Yeah. Like it's a release of something. Mm-hmm. It just lets that out, and um, you know. So I wouldn't wish that on someone <laughs> if it was not a positive experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, you but know, how do you that, you know? Do yeah. you have a, a particular? You know, when I teach public speaking, and we're specifically talking about persuasion. I will tell my students, think about how you want your audience to feel in this moment of of your talk. So think about the words that you can use to connect them to that emotion. Do you want them to feel angry or sad or hopeful? And then once you identify that feeling, then the speech will almost begin writing itself, you know, the words that you can choose to use. Um, What's your process like, is it something well, similar? Well, the first thing I, I, I'm going to assert that of all the arts, I mean, all the arts are an access to emotional expression. But mm-hmm. to me, music is the most direct access to the emotions. And in fact, in my case, it's all I'm all about what is the emotion. That's mm-hmm. what I create music for. Some people don't create music for that reason. Some, it can be quite intellectual for some people, or it can be mm-hmm. be about, you know, the intricacies of the composition and stuff. But there's always emotion in there. For me, that's what it's about. And um, in my case, you know, I, I call myself the musician who listens to the listener, because I don't, I don't, I don't say what emotion do I want to convey to you. I ask you what emotion do you want me to convey to you? Uh, okay. Yeah. So I literally have conversations with people about experiences they're dealing with in their life, either good or bad, um, or about what they want to create for their life. Or I invite them to share, you know, one of those stories. You know, there's stories in our lives that are just forever pivotal in our life, 
those memories. I get them to share those stories. And then as I listen, I listen for the emotions. Mm. Or I ask them, so when you think about that story, how does that make you feel? Mm. So I'm, I'm just soaking up the emotions. And then my skill is to be able to convey those emotions in music spontaneously in the moment. Yeah. So I recreate people on an emotional level with the music I create. Would you like to generate passive income? Want to turn your hobby into a side hustle? You can do both by starting an online store. E-commerce is where it is at. Launch your business today with Printful. And the best part? You don't need any money to make this happen. Create and sell custom products online with easy print-on-demand dropshipping services. That means you don't have to worry about keeping up with a physical inventory, nor do you have to worry about spending your time shipping stuff. All of that is taken care of for you, giving you more time to focus on building your brand. You can create an online store that sells a variety of high-quality products that range from coffee mugs to phone cases to jackets, or you can even create your own unique apparel collection. What are you waiting for? Get started today and launch your business by clicking on the link in the show notes. Launch your business with Printful. And so when you work with these individuals and, and they're telling you their stories, is it usually one story or do you usually work with them to, to have a, an entire, I guess, CD worth of, of stories? How, do that, how does that work? Well, it depends on it depends on the situation. So I, I do a, a few different things with my music. So the one thing I do that you, I know you've heard about is my under the piano experience. Mm-hmm. So in that experience, that's with an individual or a couple usually, and they literally come and they sit on my couch and they share about their lives with me. You know, I ask them, you know, what the, the whole range of things. So. Mm-hmm. So in that, I listen for a whole variety of things. Yeah. And then they actually lie underneath my grand piano. So they get this surround sound experience. And then I recreate what they shared. So it'll be like a series of pieces, five, six, seven pieces. Yeah. And I'm tapping into those various things that they shared with me. Wow. That's, now, if I'm doing that a, sounds yeah. amazing. Now, if I'm doing a concert and I have a group of people then I invite people to take turns sharing a story and then I recreate Mm -hmm. that one story and we kind of go around and do it that way. Yeah. Has there been, I know when you invite people in your home and you're interviewing them and you're asking them questions to get them to open up, do you find, is it difficult at the beginning to get them to share something that, that, they can become vulnerable because I can imagine sharing our stories and then having music become a conduit through which we can share those stories. That's a pretty, you have to be willing to be pretty vulnerable. Yes. How do you get them yeah. to be comfortable in that? So I don't try to get them to be anything. Mm. Um, okay. um, I take what they're willing to give. Mm. Um, I can work with whatever they give. So I get a whole range. Some people open up completely. Um, and th- those are the easiest ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What am I going to play with here? 
but some people aren't and that's fine too right like um i just listen and i invite people to create intentions as well like you know like how would you like to feel like what would you like expressed in this like as kind of a predominant thing um and people most people are willing to share that yeah yeah but i just listen and i pick up and 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 you never know who it's going to be a, the most profound experience for either. You, sometimes you think it will be the people that are the most open, but it's not always. Sometimes it's those people who said very little and they, they've come out from under the piano and they're just like in another world. Right, because you've been able to unlock something probably yeah. in, in listening well, to music. Yeah, I, I think that's the real gift of music is that um, – some things we just can't talk about like we don't have the mm -hmm. words for it or we don't we don't we know there's something there but we can't get it out in words mm -hmm. um and music can get there yeah yeah you know i've seen it happen so many times so there's no doubt in my mind and then sometimes they can then put words to it right right so um one thing that I am curious about as you get people, well, you don't get people to open up as people are experiencing and, and you're listening and, and you're yeah. putting music to their words and their experiences. Has there been a particular experience for you that has stood out, you know, in terms of someone who has come to see you to, to put music to their story and it just ended up being i don't know maybe it was therapeutic or life-changing or do you have or are they all pretty similar in that they're all oh no, amazing no they're, they're they're everywhere from profound and cathartic to that was fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> like okay well i'm glad to be of service <laughs> you're I've welcome never... I've never had anyone say that it wasn't a pleasurable experience. That right. much I can say. Well, actually, I correct. Yeah. There was one time. There's been one time I was doing a session. A couple were there. And halfway through the session, the fellow got out from under the piano. I'm going, what? This has never happened before. <laughs> Just kept <gasps> letting it go because she was still under there. I had to keep going. <laughs> well, here's what I learned from that. Do not come for an under the piano session if you have a hangover. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <It might> not... <laughs> yeah, that's not a good idea. Uh, not at all. Oh, uh, was she mad yeah. at him when he got no, out? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least not, not, what, not in my presence, she wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. That's going to be a whole new yeah. score that you would have to, yeah. you'd yeah. have to write for them <laughs> as they get into this argument. Yeah. But over on the other side, so yeah, there have been a number of sessions that were um, very memorable for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one I should share. Um, well, there was, there was one, um, a, a woman referred a person visiting from back east to come for a session with me. I didn't know anything about her, mm -hmm. but she came. And she sat on, on my couch, and she really opened up. And she had lost her husband and her son oh. um, in the last year. Mm -hmm. And then she had turned to alcohol and basically become alcoholic just to numb the pain. Right. You know, I'm, you know I don't, I'm not a therapist, so I don't do anything with stuff. I just listen. I just yeah. listen. You know, and then she got onto the piano, 
and I played, and it was literally cathartic for her. I bet. Like she came out transformed. I bet. So for some people who are grieving, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty major. There was another lady I was working with the BC Bereavement Helpline for a while, and they would sit, occasionally send someone. And this lady came, and she'd been grieving for ten years, and she sat in mm-hmm. my chair there, and she was. It was just so dark. You know, she was so sad, and she left. <laughs> you know, she was just like, just full of life and delight. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, it was the like, transformation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is, is this the same woman that walked in here? Now you're leaving. Yeah. That must, that must be yeah. such a great feeling for you, though. It I is. mean, I know you're it not is. a therapist, but you are helping, you're helping these people heal. Yeah. I say I'm not a therapist, but there's no question that this is therapeutic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, everybody, I don't care who you are and, and what kind of music that you're into. I, I'm sure everybody can agree that the music we listen to has an impact on oh, our yeah. emotions. And, and it's such a wonderful way for us to express things, like you said earlier, that we may not necessarily be able to or even ready to express. And I imagine a lot of that happens yes. when yes. you listen to these conversations or listen to these stories um maybe at the time they're not ready but then as they continue to listen to you play yes they're ready and um also uh, amazing things with pregnant mothers Mm -hmm. um you know because that that baby you know they always have them come in their third term because the baby has hearing at that point Mm -hmm. um and they're they're having that experience. The babies are dancing around and responding to the music big time. And you know, most people get a recording of their session. And I've had calls from from mothers, you know, years later, saying, you know, we still we still play that recording whenever our child gets upset, and it just calms him or her right down. <gasps> that yeah. is amazing! Wow. You, so it's, you're not just impacting, you know, the people that are there, (laughs) like you are literally impacting lives that you haven't even met them yet. Right. (laughs) You're still in the womb (laughs) and you're having an impact. How does that feel? I, I just, I love it. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like originally I did it for myself. It, It all, it all happened in high school. You know, and that that wonderful specter of bullying arrived on the scene. Right. Yes. Yes. And you know, thank God I had a loving home to go through, go home to. I, mm-hmm. I, who knows what would have happened then? But you know, the thing about bullying is the embarrassment, the humiliation. Mm. So I mean, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my mom and dad. I didn't tell my sisters. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh right. my God, I just want to hide in a corner. Yeah. But my piano teacher gave me a Chopin Nocturne to learn at that time, just as that happened. It was like the first kind of serious adult classical piece of music I'd been given. And everything that I was going through was in that piece. Oh, like wow. I could just express everything that I was going through. Yeah. And it was like it was a safe way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like you would get rewarded for playing it beautifully rather than ridiculed. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. And um, so that's where that's when the 
the deal was sealed for me about music, mm-hmm. that's when I said, oh, this literally, you know, it's a bit dramatic, but in a way it saved me. Yeah, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It was a an outlet through which you could express your, I'm sure yeah. there was anger. Um, sometimes there's shame. You know, yeah. those are very powerful feelings to, yeah. and to not be able to express those feelings. Yeah. Um, it's a really sad and, and it's a dangerous thing, you know, to not be able yeah. to express feelings. Yeah. So when did the actual... When did you begin under the piano? You had this amazing experience yourself in in high school, so you were able to see that connection. Yeah. When did you start doing it for others? It was kind of like a series of things that happened in my life that all came together. So, mm-hmm. um, so the first thing I should say that when when I was a child, my mom was a very fine pianist, mm-hmm. and she would play play her grand piano, and I would crawl under the piano as a child. You know, it's like a, like a fort. You know, it's fun. You yeah. know, it's, 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 sound, the, the, it's so cool under the piano because the sound is all around you. It's yeah. like getting a massage with sound. Your whole body vibrates, right? That's why it's mm-hmm. such a neat thing to do. And um, so I did that, and then I got older. This was before high school, before all that stuff happened, and I stopped doing it. It wasn't like conscious. I just stopped doing it. Big kids don't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't crawl under the piano. <laughs> Right. <laughs> You're like, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know. So right. um, so the other piece to learning that Chopin was that my, my piano teacher would have this very um, elaborate, she had a lot of students, she would have this big, you know, recital at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And she had a big house and she would get all these chairs brought in and there'd be scores of people. And I went and I played my Chopin Nocturne and discovered that it really moved people like people came up to me and expressed that and that that's when i realized oh it's not just for me yeah <laughs> it's for it's for you too right. yeah yeah so that was like the the beginning of the aha oh mm-hmm. i can nurture and heal other people with music as uh, well yeah. so those are the kind of the seeds to the whole thing that happened yeah. Then I went to music school and I did a traditional classical music degree and it was all very, you know, I, I, I wasn't, people didn't know I could improvise or anything. That was just something I did for myself. Right. And I, I got through that and I got through to the other end and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my music. So I started up a graphic design and printing business with my dad, which la- lasted for 10 years. And then somewhere along the line, I hooked up with a, my friend Howard, who's a clarinetist, and we started, you know, started doing weddings and events and stuff like that and we would meet every week to rehearse at the community center and one day i got there before him which was rare (laughs) and i was just waiting for him so i was sitting at the piano improvising he didn't know i could do this right (laughs) and he and he he came in while i was doing this and he says oh that's really nice what's that and i says oh i don't know i'm just making it up and he kind of went what this sounds like a composed piece so the cat was out of the bag, you know, says, okay, when, you know, next concert we do, you know, where we're background music, something, start putting these in. So I started just like sneaking them in, right? Oh, look, nobody's saying anything. It's okay. Let's keep going, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> and the whole thing evolved till finally we were doing entire concerts together that were entirely spontaneous and made up in the moment. The Amazon mobile app makes shopping fast and easy. 
It provides you with real-time tracking and delivery notifications, 360 product views, and live chat support 24-7. And when you make an in-app purchase for the first time, you will receive a $5 coupon to use on your next order. If you've not tried out the Amazon mobile app, check it out today by clicking on the link in the show notes. That is amazing. Yeah. 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 And so that was the setting for then doing under the piano. So that was another instance that happened. I was in a piano store trying out these incredible pianos. They're called Fazioli's. They're kind of like these new Italian pianos that, you know, is taking Steinway for a run for their money. Yeah. And... They had just opened the store. I had read about them, but never played one. So I was in there like a flash, and I was playing them, and they're just like amazing. And there was one other pianist in there playing their nine-foot concert grand. And I still don't know why. I, I just guess I was being playful. I suddenly I looked across the room at this guy playing the piano, and I remembered being a kid crawling under my mom's piano. So I went up to this complete stranger, and I said, Keep playing. I'm just going to crawl under the piano. <sighs> And he did. <laughs> and I crawled under this piano. And I'm lying there like it's nine feet, right? So I can lie lengthways under that one. And remembering my childhood, but also just saying, this feels like, this feels so good. Oh, like yeah. It's like a warm hug. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went home and I kind of like, it just kept on bumping around in my head. And finally I said, well, I should see what other people think of this. So I had some, three friends over here to my place. And they took turns getting under my piano. And I you know, improvised for, you know, five to 10 minutes for each of them. And they're kind of like going, this is not like listening to a piano from across the room. This is like Mm -hmm. a whole different experience. And one of them just kind of said, you should do it as a business and you should call it under the piano. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine Wood. That was Catherine Wood (laughs) who said that. And um, so I've been doing it since then for, it's been about 12 years now. Yeah. And, um, and I, I love it. I mean. Right. I bet. I bet because you're yeah. able to connect on such such a, not just an emotional level, but this is something that, that type of a connection where you actually see people, you really see who they are and you're able to look into what is, what are they feeling? What are they what are they experiencing, yeah. you know, on that emotional yeah. level? And, and we have a couple of people who, you know, Lorenda, she's, she's watching on LinkedIn and she's made some comments about music, calming the soul and um, taking in the music that emotions can speak. And, and yeah. uh, she says that uh, nice, calm voice. So she likes <laughs> you as well. Yeah. And hey, what's up, Wade? Fantastic interview. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we're glad. We're glad you joined us. We're glad that you're enjoying this, Wade. Um, Hi, Wade. Yeah. So, so you've been doing this for about twelve years now. Yeah. With the the other piece the- I want to put in that's just unique about um, this experience is yeah. when you're a performer, it's like you on the stage and the audience over there. Mm-hmm. But when you do under the piano, they're under the piano. It's it's almost like a, it's not almost, it is like a co-creation. Right. Like we're in this together. There isn't this experience of playing for someone over there. We're here together. Yeah. Yeah. And what a powerful thing. Yeah. What, what a powerful thing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, You had mentioned earlier that 
that music can be so impactful, especially when you're doing grief work or you're helping others grieve, you know, through processes. And we can grieve over, I mean, of course we grieve over lost loved ones. We grieve over event, major events, you know, like this shooting that just happened. We grieve over major life events, you know, being, I'm a cancer survivor. So, you know, that the life that you had is, is changed forever. So there's a certain amount of grieving that happens with that as well. Um, when, when you work with people who are having to grieve, do you have to separate yourself emotionally from that? Or do you ever find that as the composer, you, you begin feeling it with them at the same time. Cause I imagine kind of like a doctor, it, it would be difficult for me to, to manage all of these emotions from all of these different people. Yeah. I think, you know, I think as a, a musician uh, performer, you kind of learn to balance that, mm-hmm. especially if you're a singer. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. you just can't do your job if you get overwhelmed by the emotion right. yet at the same yeah. time, if there's no emotion there, you're not doing your job either. So yeah. it's kind of, it's not like it's conscious, mm-hmm. but there is that balance that you kind of create. Yeah. That's my experience of it. Luckily, as a pianist, I can permit myself to get emotional. Once in a while, that has happened. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm breaking down in a pool of tears, but, you know, there have been occasions where something's going on here mm-hmm. that's really, really deep. Yeah. You know, that impacts me. Actually, once it happened with a, a person dealing with fourth stage cancer, mm. and I didn't know she had fourth stage cancer. Her friend brought her, and I remember—I still remember the end of that session, kind of getting a little choked up. You know, like mm. what's going on here? And at that point, I didn't know she had cancer. She didn't tell me that. <laughs> wow! Um, but then she came out from under the piano, and she said, "Thank you for getting me out of my body," mm. and I kind of go okay that's an interesting statement Mm -hmm. and then she explained that she had fourth stage cancer and she was having to take morphine constantly to deal with the pain and for that session she was totally free of the pain oh wow you know so that's what it was like i get emotional right yes (laughs) yeah um <laughs> so many amazing stories. You have met so many people and you're just a permanent part of their journey that that has to be an incredibly amazing feeling to know that they are forever changed, you know, after after they leave your studio yeah. and, and having this experience, you know, that that's something that they will carry with them for the rest of their lives. And obviously you carry it with you for the rest of yours as well. You've made a connection, this intimate connection that, that they have with you that they probably will not have with anyone else. Yeah. It's it's really, it's a a true gift for myself that I get to do this. Yeah. Um, I bet. I bet. Um, so tell us about, you know, since we're talking about grief, I know that you have a big event coming up. Yeah. And um, why don't you say a little bit about that event for yeah. anyone who's listening? I, yeah, I think to, to um, before I say that also, uh, one thing I haven't said is that mm-hmm. when COVID came along, I stopped oh, doing yeah. under the piano for like a whole year. And I stopped teaching. I have a few students. I stopped, I stopped 
everything. And mm-hmm. so I went online, like we are now. <laughs> yeah. And started doing, you know, uh, concerts online. And, you know, I had all kinds of opinions about that, you know, given the experiences of having with Under the Piano, well, it's never going to be anything like that. But I, I undersold myself because, you know, that the the physical experience is amazing. But an equal, if not larger piece, is, is the recreation of people's emotions. And that does work online. Mm-hmm. That does go across the screen. So I started doing all these online events. And so I have met up with a death doula named Karen Micas. You know, and she's like a registered nurse for 24 years, and she's trained herself in having conversations about death and grieving. And so we're creating this event called Reflect, Remember, and Renew on June 12th. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be amazing because mm-hmm. she has that gift of guiding that conversation about a very sensitive, intimate, private conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to sit there and I'm going to listen and then I'm going to recreate what people share with me. Wow, yeah, yeah. That is such an important thing that you just said the the emotions and the storytelling and the sharing of of everything transcends. This is such um, the conduit that we're using right now. You know, we're online we're seeing each other, we're hearing each other. And I'm so glad that you were able to offer that gift online because you're right with COVID, everybody was shut down and we were all separated, you know, for so long. Um, Have you had people coming back in physically to do a little bit? You know, know, I've, I've been, I've been cautious about it. Not not so much for my own well-being, but, you know, I, I have aging parents. My dad's 96. Mm-hmm. My mom's 90. And I, every time I think of going over there and taking something into their home, <laughs> I just right. go, yeah. no. You think twice. So, yeah. you know, I'm still mm-hmm. being pretty cautious. You know, I can do under the piano sessions and, and practice distancing. So I've, you know, I've done started doing them again, uh, just a handful. Yeah. But, you know, it's time to get the, the marketing gears back in order and, that's right. People know, yeah, you can come. Or if you're on the other side of the planet, you can do an online version. That is the beauty of, yeah. you know, if if there has anything that has come out of all us all being separated for the past yeah. few years is we've all become more comfortable with using online, you know, as a mechanism to communicate with yeah. one another. And yeah. and you now have the opportunity to impact lives. Yeah. All yeah. over the world. That's I amazing. Know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So who is the farthest away that that you have been able to do this online with? Um, I think uh, a woman was for one of my concerts, a Mm -hmm. woman in Austria shared a story about her life that I recreated. I had a couple people in England. I've done online under the piano sessions for uh, people in New York. Um, uh, Where else in the States? I forget where people live sometimes. I think Massachusetts. Is that how you say it? Canadian. Ma- I don't Massachusetts, know Massachusetts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's up there in the north. Some Yankees yeah. up there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and quite a That's few people amazing. on the West Coast, um, mm-hmm. you know, are fans of my music and they come on events and stuff with me. Right, so. yeah. That's fantastic. Are you a bookworm? How does unlimited reading sound? 
How about unlimited listening on any device? If that sounds good, then Kindle Unlimited might be something you want to check into. Sign up today and receive four months for $4.99. Yes, you heard that right. Four months for $4.99. Enjoy unlimited access to over 1 million titles. Browse magazines, listen to thousands of books, read or listen anywhere, and cancel anytime. Click on the link in the show notes to take advantage of this amazing offer. Would you like to play something for us? Sure, right absolutely. Now? So what would you like to create? Hmm, that's an excellent question. <laughs> I really don't, I don't even know how to answer that question. I guess this is kind of what, what you go through, right? When you, yes. <laughs> when somebody yes. walks in and you're like, what would you like to create? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> well, how would you like to feel? Um, you know, today has been a very trying day. So I would like to feel hopeful. I would like mm -hmm. to feel um, that, you know what, tomorrow is a new day. And that means we have whole new possibilities. And um, yeah, yeah. Okay. And when you feel hopeful, um, what is that like for you energetically? Is it like feeling at ease or is it feeling energized? Like... I feel energized, you know, when, when okay. I see something, if I start getting ideas and I can see some steps that I can take, I get energized, I get into the zone and I'm in my happy place. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll start off with a little bit of the trial and then we'll go into the energized. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
Wow. <laughs> Craig Addy, the musician who listens to the listener. You really did recreate that feeling of just frustration and it was a trying day and then the transition was amazing. <laughs> That was so fun to watch and listen to. Wow, I do feel energized now. Great. How do you do that? How do you do that? You do it over and over and over again. (laughs) It's magic. I'm getting tears in my eyes. Like, you just overwhelm me. You really do, Craig. You overwhelm me. Um, So, how do people contact you if they want to have this experience that I just had? And look, it was like a total of just what a few minutes and look at me. I mean, I'm energized. It was absolutely amazing. How do we get in touch with you? Uh, easiest way is to go to my website, which is craigaddy.com. And you can find pretty much everything there. Um, if you also want to connect with me on social media, um, go to my direct.me slash Craig Addy. Um, and that lists my websites, um, all my social media and various other ways you can connect with me. Okay. I highly suggest everyone who ends up listening to this podcast, take a moment, look Craig up on Spotify. He has an amazing channel. Um, I think I've told you before, I I shared some of your music with my daughter and, you know, she's a potter and she enjoys listening to your music as well as she's creating things. And um, just you fill the world with joy and the gift that you have for getting people to be able to share their stories and get in touch with their emotions that is such an amazing gift, Craig. I am just, I, I really am awestruck. I'm, I'm so thankful that, that you are here and that you're sharing your gift with the world. It's absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Oh, well, thank you, Jen. And thank you for the opportunity to let people know about it. All right. Y'all take care and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Also, you can now buy some Communication 24-7 swag. Yes! Please go to our website and spell the numbers out, www.communication247.com. Buy some merch, submit a pic to me, and I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Remember to follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and also subscribe to the Communication 24-7 podcast YouTube channel to find out when our next edition of Unscripted is being live streamed. Watch during the live stream and participate by making comments and asking questions. Till then, take care.